You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. You're listening to the best Packer radio show on the internet. Cheesehead Radio. I want to be a lifetime Cheesehead. Green Bay Packer. You're looking good today. So let's go out there with that ass. Aaron Rodgers is the best football player I've ever seen, ever. Aaron Rodgers deep on second two. He's got a lead in Devontae Adams. He's the best. Hey. Go. Rodgers hangs in the pocket, throwing a lot of traffic, and it's hard for the touchdown. Well, that defense is going to get a lot of team struggles. We got a defense. Aaron Once again, we got a defense. Jeez, head radio. Hello again, Cheesehead Nation. We are back with another episode of Cheesehead Radio. Kind of wrapping up our 10th season on the air here. Your trio of hosts tonight are the crestfallen Kelly Hodgson, known as That Packer Girl on Twitter. Also joining us is the morose C.D. Angeli, Tundra Vision on Twitter, and little old me, the dispirited Jersey Al of Packers Talk and Cheesehead TV. You can find me at Jersey Al GBP on Twitter. Sponsoring the Packers Talk Network again for another full season was our good friends at Ticket King. Even though the Packers season is over, they do sell tickets for a lot of other events in Wisconsin, so keep them in mind. Uh, you can check out their website at theticketking.com. That's theticketking.com. That takes care of the formalities. So now let's get this show on the road. Who all right packer nation and just like that it's over well watching the game it wasn't over soon enough for most of us but the season is now over it's a tough week to do or do our cheese winners but here we go first of all our sharp chatter here we're going to look normally look for the outstanding player of the game but we didn't really have any so we're going to be optimistic and ask you what player gave you some inspiration for next season I'm going to go with my favorite, Zadarius Smith. I just got a little clip of him today um, as he was at the Pro Bowl. So I guess he got unsnubbed. And even though he's at a garbage game that nobody cares about, he was rallying his side and he was being a leader. And that's something I'm really looking forward to. And in fact, I'm counting on for next season. Well, I'm going to go with Jace Sternberger. You know, he hasn't done much this year, but we also know Jimmy Graham has a pretty slim chance coming back next year. And hopefully what we saw from Sternberger, which was two catches and a touchdown, are a sign of our new number one tight end in 2020. That's a good choice. I like that one. But I am going to go with Kingsley Kiki. I really consider defensive line one of the top two or three needs on this team. And while only playing 11 snaps in that game, Kiki registered more tackles than Kyle Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, and even Kenny Clark, who all played many more snaps. And now our Swiss cheese. Now, normally we ask for a surprise player of the game in a a positive sense. But today, in that loss to San Francisco, we're going to ask which player normally does well, but just had holes all over his game on Sunday. Kelly, we'll start with you. I'm actually going to go with Aaron Rodgers. We wanted the Rodgers of yesteryear to play this past week, and he was absolutely missing first half. That said, he showed up second half, but it still wasn't enough. So I was a little disappointed in his play. Well, I'm going to go special teams, and I'm going to go with both Swerve and Irvin and J.K. Scott. 
when we lost all hope in the defense and then we lost all hope in the offense, we were hoping that at least Irvin could give us a spark, but he muffed a punt in the first half to put the Packers inside their own 10. And then Rodgers threw that critical interception three plays later. J.K. Scott had one of the worst shanks seen since the Bucky Scribner days. Special teams were awful. Bucky Scribner reference. Nice. All right. I am going to go with Blake Martinez and or B.J. Goodson. The 49ers had a pretty simple plan to always assign an offensive line or tight end to get in the way of the Packers inside linebackers. And their inability to get through those blocks resulted in a career day for Raheem Mostert. And finally, our Limburger cheese. We actually could probably fill all 53 players somewhere, but we only have three slots. So our Limburger is going to be the guy we most want to see not as a Green Bay Packer next season. He's come up as a Limburger for me several times, and that's going to have to be Geronimo Allison. Too many alligator arms, not enough development, growth, dependability, or anything. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, buddy. So long, and thanks for all the fish or something. This is a tough one, but also an easy one. Simply put, it has to be Jimmy Graham. I know he came on in the playoffs, and that's great. But it's too big of a chunk of money to spend on a guy when we have so many needs elsewhere. We could literally have three Jared Cooks for one Jimmy Graham. Oh, that that hurts, CD. That hurts. Okay, I'll go again with Blake Martinez. Not because I think he's as terrible as a lot of fans like to seem to make him out to be, but because if he is on the team next year, that means we really didn't improve the position and we likely overpay to keep him lacking a better option. Ouch. But hey, there's more Packer talk coming, so stay tuned. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? Yeah. If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Oh, yeah. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Just go to their website. Do it. TheTicketKing.com. Again, that's TheTicketKing.com. The Playbook. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cheesehead Radio. We're going to break down this game. I I don't know if we can break it down because the game's already broken. Green Bay Packers head to San Francisco for NFC Championship game. I cannot believe Kelly picked the Packers to win last week. But anyway... Shut up, CD! So did you! I think the story we have to point out Al was right, and it just pains me to say Al was right. Again, again. I know, I know. Insufferable Jersey Al of Cheesehead. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. It wasn't a loss. It wasn't a... What are you talking about? It was horrific. I I mean, it was... There was nothing competitive in the game. There was a couple garbage touchdowns that gave us hope, but in the end... (laughs) If San Francisco just wanted to go all gas, no F and break on us, we could have been shut out that entire game. And it was it was tough to see. It was tough to live through as a Packer fan. Um, let's just start getting into it. Um, just the feelings that you got overall from this game. Jersey Al, let's start with you. Oh, 
Well, for those who, who don't know, I was actually in Key West that weekend, as fate would have it. And we ended up, my wife being the wonderful woman that she is, said, you know, I offered to not bother watching the game and just recorded it, but she said, no, no, you have to go watch it. We'll find someplace. So we found ourselves a little tiki bar down near the southernmost point of uh, the United States, right by the beach, tropical drinks, dinner, more drinks. And it just never got good. <laughs> no and matter no iguanas what. fell from trees. No, no iguanas. I didn't see any falling iguanas. It wasn't cold yet that night. That was. Uh, it got colder on Monday and Tuesday. But regardless, um, yeah. So that was my experience watching the game. It was kind of, you know, fortunate in a way because I wasn't sitting on my couch totally insane about everything that was happening you know i had to kind of try to play it cool a little bit like oh yeah well i kind of expected this which i did but still it, it kind of tempered my experience of watching the game and just how awful it was i didn't feel as bad about it as i would have under if i was watching under my normal circumstances let's say yeah i knew they were really doing poorly when my husband at halftime said screw this i'm going to bed he usually will watch the whole game um i knew they were gonna lose even though i picked them last week because i'm superstitious that way i didn't realize they would forget to show up entirely and that's what surprised me the most it wasn't like i ever thought they had a chance and but i was hoping they would have played better than the first time they saw the 49ers this year and I was really shocked that they played worse. They seemed stunned, out of their league, outcoached, and not ready. Aaron Nagler has obviously one of his favorite catchphrases, which is, there's a lot of ball game left. And I don't think, I mean, yes, we try to be positive, and some of us bright, you know, sunshiny people on Twitter tried to be optimistic, but you really felt it maybe just 10 minutes into the game. Packers weren't coming back. This was gonna, This was a shellacking, and I brought it up earlier this year that the Packers lack a sense of of, of perseverance, uh, a, a sense of you know, a stick with itness that generally you see teams have. If they're ahead in a game, they're cruising. But when they struggle, they just don't have that wherewithal to pull it together. And they just kind of stand there like a deer in headlights wondering, well, what do we do next? And everyone kind of looks at each other and says, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I mean, they took out the Smith brothers. They took out Aaron Rodgers. Nobody took the mantle of leadership. Everybody just started contributing with negative plays and negative performances. Well, I mean... If you listen to what um, to Matt LaFleur said all year, you know, he kept saying that this team finds a way. They, they have the will. They, they do persevere under, you know, tough circumstances. And, uh, you know, the winning ugly is fine. And, you know, that was all a bunch of hooey there, wasn't it? <laughs> they got lucky. Let me face it. They, they got lucky in a lot of those games. Um, and, you know, they just were not up to the task here at all. I mean, not even close to up to the task physically well, take, and emotionally. Well, if you take the theory, let's even go back to the Seattle game. Uh, the Packers had that game very well in hand all the way through three quarters uh, for the most part. And because they were cruising, because they were doing well, you saw maybe that we find the wayness that that Lafleur is talking about. But you go to that fourth quarter. 
I mean, it really was a matter of time before Seattle might have come back. And luckily, Aaron Rodgers completed a couple of critical first downs. Otherwise, they didn't do anything. But they really, did that, that entire quarter. But they did that a lot this year. They would get up the first half, and then they wouldn't show up second half. That wasn't just Seattle. That was a that was a recurring trend. You know, yep. The only difference with with San Francisco is they forgot to show up at the beginning, which is like, okay, now we've just boarded them <laughs> ten billion points. Let's you know now everything is garbage time second half. But th- but that's but that's that was kind of the recurring issue all season. They would come out swinging with his all gas no effing break, but then they put the brakes on. It's like, what are you talking about? You're playing just like McCarthy now. It's like, okay, let's ease up and not try to lose. I don't know if it was the break. I think they just put the car in neutral. Just that and rolled thought, off the road. They did. They thought, well, they thought they'd coast. And, and that's sometimes the feel that you have in the fourth quarter. It's like, we got this big lead. We're yeah. just going to coast to the end. And and you can't coast to the end. Uh, not against uh, a team like San Francisco. Really shouldn't even against a team like Seattle. Uh, but we got away with it. So is that a carryover of attitude from the old regime or that, that LaFleur couldn't rein in? Or is this entirely on the floor of, hey, let's light it up? I mean, that that's a good point, Kelly. I mean, this it might take a couple of seasons and more more new blood in the team to kind of exercise the, the McCarthy, the last remnants of the McCarthy era, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, because certainly that was the M.O. that we'd gotten used to over the last couple of years. So probably Mafleur just wasn't able to totally change the culture yet. It definitely changed a lot, but I think there's still parts that, that need adjusting, and I think uh, it'll probably take another year or two even to do that. And one thing I noticed when I was I saw some meme that was created out of Lafleur's last press conference, and the quote was along the lines of, "I really look forward to working with Aaron Rodgers in the future to, to continue to develop our offense." And that actually is hopeful, saying there's still room for improvement. Rogers actually had a very similar comment in his press conference in which he said, you know, I'm really looking forward to next year because we're going to have this offense fully implemented. You know, so he was actually kind of maybe admitting publicly eh, the offense wasn't fully in or maybe I wasn't fully invested in the offense. But, you know, you have a performance like that. Uh, something's got to give. The biggest thing that obviously killed us was our run defense. And it was very upsetting to hear Zadarius Smith admit in the postgame presser, we didn't make any adjustments. We didn't know what we were doing. And that Mustard guy ran for, I think, 2,000 yards. I mean, he had a 2,000 rushing season in one game. There was nothing he couldn't do. Now, sometimes we just got out big. Sometimes we just got out manned. And a lot of times got out quick. But sometimes we were caught in man defense and they knew it, and they ran where we weren't, and there were holes the size of the Grand Canyon for him to just waltz into the end zone. What a game for him. Congrats to him. I mean, give him the credit. I mean, he really did a great job running the ball. He's really come on the past month or so. But Mike Patton, what's going on? Well. <laughs> He's back. They said so tonight. He's coming back. Yes, he's coming back. I mean, part of it to me is kind of what I've been saying all year is that Kenny Clark needs some help on that line, right? That's the first thing. We had to give Lowry money because we let Daniels go, which turned out to actually be a good move if you look at what happened with him this year. And I don't know that, that his NFL career is going to go much further. So we had to we had to retain Lowry. We had to pay him, which we did. Okay, serviceable guy. 
We have Lancaster, who was an undrafted free agent, did okay last year. Okay, we counted on him maybe to make a jump and didn't. We drafted a guy, Kingsley Kiki, who, for whatever reason, they didn't give much of a chance. So there weren't a lot of options on the defensive line, okay? That's the first problem. Second problem was the 49ers had one hell of a freaking game plan. I mean, they took they had somebody running at Martinez every play. I mean, just watching from the tiki bar, I noticed this, okay? I didn't even have to watch it back. They had a, an offensive lineman, or in some cases a tight end, just release and just go right at Martinez and just seal him off from whatever side the run, run was going to go to. Add to that the fact that the 49ers offensive line did a pretty good job blocking our defensive line and those, you know, Lowry and and Lancaster in particular. And I don't know how much of an adjustment could be made. I mean, they did bring in B.J. Goodson, who was a run stopper, but like Martinez, he's slow as hell. So the 49ers speed just offset that move. And I don't know what else really he could have done to stop the run any better. I think he would have had a much better chance if the 49ers were beating us in the air. I think he'd have a lot more options and things that he could have done uh, than the way this played out. And, hey, kudos to the 49ers for knowing, hey, this is how we're going to beat this team. Yeah, I think they they game plan perfectly against the Packers because that's been an Achilles heel off and on all season. Um, They didn't have to throw. What did Garoppolo throw for, like two and a half yards or something? Um, they won on the ground, hands down, and they built momentum about that, and they found a way that we couldn't stop no matter who we threw at them. That's the frustrating thing. It's like, I'm not sure if Petten adjusted because there really was no improvement. Jimmy Garoppolo attempted eight eight passes. So like two and a half yards, like I said. Eight passes in the game. This is what you're supposed to do, guys. I mean, if it's working, you go. We've how many times we said we've said that since the 70s and the 80s. You run the ball. If they can't stop you, you just keep running keep it. Keep running it. Because guess what? Chances you're going to turn the ball over a lot less when you run the ball. You start crashing against that defensive line. You're going to wear them out and wear them out. I mean, he, they did the right thing. And Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, he is just kind of along for the ride, I think. I mean, and, and yeah, he's at- he's made some good passes, but, I mean, he's he's more Troy Aikman than Troy Aikman was. I mean, he's just a system guy that just has to complete a couple passes, but the rest of the team is carrying this thing into the Super Bowl. And it wasn't just they hammered the Packers with the run game. They used the run game to control the clock. Look at that first quarter. In fact, the first half of that matter seemed to go by so fast because all they did was run and pound to run and pound and it wore our defense out yeah so i did a little bit of a, a study this week and i just looked back over the last several drafts and i know i remember saying this at the time i remember thinking this at the time in our last six drafts in the first and second round we have taken eight defensive backs now out of a conceivable 12 picks which wasn't necessarily 12 picks because of trades or whatever but eight out of 12 picks over the last six years have been defensive backs so now suddenly we're looking at deficits well we need someone next to kenny clark well yeah we do you know we need a really good inside linebacker next to blake martinez no kidding we really should have a really good second wide receiver. Well, no, yes, we should. But we have spent this on HaHa Clinton Dix and Demarius Randall, and we have enough to have two safeties, two cornerbacks, a nickelback, a quarterback, a half dollar back, and a dollar back. 
I mean, we have the we we draft enough people to have the perfect prevent defense. So now we're seeing where's Dom Capers when we need him? Exactly. We fired him. <laughs> Damn, he'd be so good now. Uh, we fire him or what? <laughs> so now we're really looking at these needs and in places that we should have spent some of those picks. You know, there should have been another first or second round pick on the defensive line and really shored up Kenny Clark. There should have been a pick made along linebacker whether it would have been Gary or whatever, but we need someone on the inside. Yeah, we do need another wide receiver. Look, I mean, look at the remember inside the... linebacker problems. We've gone from like Clay Matthews to Blake Martinez, and you know we had AJ Hawk. You know all of these linebackers that were okay, and we're like, hey, they're not that bad. They're pretty good. We buy our own BS when it comes to the linebackers in CD. It's like we are settling so much. It's like we're like, oh, but Blake Martinez is a nice guy and he gets a lot of tackles, but he doesn't have that killer instinct. Well, inside linebacker is a position that's really been ignored for yeah. ever. How many years? You know, ever? Ted. Uh, it was just obvious. Became obvious that Ted Thompson never really, you know, held a lot of value for the inside linebacker position. And well, what's the highest inside linebacker he's he ever drafted? Fourth round, right? Was it Martinez? Well, AJ Hawk. Oh, going way back. Yeah, way going back. way back. Yeah. But I mean, you but, look at the continuum from Hawk to now. There's very few players I can remember that have ever made an impact. It's like Hawk, and then we have Blake Martinez. See, I, I think A.J. Hawk kind of formulated Thompson's feelings about inside linebackers you what know, happily a couple mediocre. years after that. You know? Exactly. I think he made that pick and realized he didn't get the value out of it and kind of changed his opinion on, on drafting inside linebackers higher. So. And the problem with inside linebackers, if you want a true blue chip one, you have to have a good draft pick. You know, we're going to be at 30. I don't think there's going to be a really top-notch inside linebacker coming up at that point. Yeah, I mean, that's not to say that you can't find good ones down in the draft. I mean, 49ers have two that were fourth round and, and lower uh, that yeah. are very, that turned out to be very good. So, you know, you, you can't just say that, like, you can't make that a blanket statement. It's true for the, for the most part, but 49ers did pretty well finding some guys. Well, the thing is, too, you look at Blake Martinez, and I was just glancing at uh, Pro Football Focus, and they had put out their list of 100 top unrestricted free agents. Blake Martinez is the highest ranked of all the Packers UFAs. He's ranked 50th out of 100. Mm -hmm. Well, if he's 50th out of 100, if you know, and obviously there's more after 100, I don't know who we're going to get on the free agent market that we're going to get any cheaper than what we might end up having to pay Blake Martinez to stay. And I think most people have collectively said we're not going to have Blake Martinez stay. So we may not be able to get that replacement, certainly not on the cheap through free agency, if we're going to have to pay someone more than we would have to play, pay Blake Martinez. But this is a position I don't think I'd play money ball and get off the coupons for. I might actually pay, you know, try to whittle down the, uh, sal- you know, p- you know, the, the bloat that's in the salary cap right now and uh, maybe pay for something quality. Because we've been trying to bargain basement our linebackers forever. And look what it's done us. Not much. So so I don't understand what you're saying. Are you saying we should pay or we should I, not pay? I, th- I think we should pay. If, if somebody comes up, and I'm, there's, I'm, I haven't looked at who's going on, on the market this year yet, um, but if... Look at look at what happens every year when free agency starts. Like, oh, he's great. Let's take him. Let's take him. Yeah, sure, we get, we get dazzled by the shiny. 
But what if a top-notch linebacker came up? Maybe we should pay for it because we've been settling for Moneyball for a while and it's bitten us in the butt. So let's talk about some other positions in need. I think we've killed inside linebacker. Uh, Obviously, you talked a little bit about defensive line, Al. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where do you think we're going to get that guy or guys? I would hope that there's somebody on the defensive line that we can pick up. Uh, I think the 49ers, if I... I think actually thinking about it a little more, I think Armstead on the 49ers is a free agent. He certainly gave the Packers a hard time. Absolutely. So that's that's one name that I can think of just off the top of my head. Uh, But I, I can't give you a lot of other names. Well, just to talk about the defensive line, I think we tried to solve it last year, but our own team killed him, which was was Mo Wilkerson. I think his injury where he broke his leg really set us back significantly. Oh, yeah. because I, I agree. Because he was supposed to be this deadly guy on the line, and I think there was a lot of potential. I'm forgetting which ding-dong, but it was somebody who, I can't remember, but it was somebody who irritated me to no end last year, who never knew his way in time and space and, and fell on him. So that set us back a whole year, and then we've never really replaced him. Wasn't that Kentrell Bryce? Yes, that's exactly who it was. Thank you. <laughs> he was the ding-dong? I- he was a complete ding-dong. He never knew where he was in time and space. And then when uh, he literally fell on Wilkerson when he broke his leg, it's like, thanks, you just killed our big defensive gun. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> so you're right. I mean, obviously we had uh, some hits. We and had a plan. We was... had a plan. It just got blown up. Yeah. So thinking about two inside linebackers that we need, you're thinking probably two defensive linemen that we need, assuming you want to upgrade Lowry too, which I don't know if we can do at this point. I think he's under contract. What are we going to do about wide receiver? Draft. Draft. Definitely. Um, I think we have some wiggle room. And let me pull up my list of free agents, and some of them are wide receivers that um, are current, going to be free agents this offseason. Amari it Cooper. Would, yep. Uh, yeah, I would definitely. AJ Green. I think Cooper would be a better fit than Green, honestly. Emmanuel Sanders. Robbie Anderson, that's the guy I'd like to see them get. Assuming that he does actually have his head on straight because he was a real head case the first couple of years with the Jets, but he really came on this, this year, and you could get him at a lower, much lower price than you could in Amari Cooper or an A.J. Green. Um, that's a name that I'd like to, love to see them go after, because if they're convinced I'm, that his head is on straight. But Amari Cooper is going to have such wasted potential if he stays in Dallas, because Mike McCarthy will totally waste his prime. Um, <laughs> I'm totally serious. I actually like Cooper. I liked him uh, when he was in college. But look at what we would be trading for. These are our free agents and wide receivers. We have Geronimo Allison, which I want gone yesterday. Ryan Grant, did he ever play this year? No, wasn't so active. We have Lazard, which I think should come back, and there's Kumaro. We have four free agent wide receivers, of which we might bring three back into camp, but I see us only keeping two, honestly. Hey, Randall Cobb is a free agent. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Rashad Perryman, Demarius Thomas. Uh, yeah, so a bunch of veteran free agents. So the, the question is, you know, we talk about big bucks versus Moneyball, and we were surprised last year. When Goody brought in the Smith brothers, will he take another chance on free agency and try to bring in another blue chip veteran? Oh, I think he has to. Absolutely. And I so don't have a problem talk- with drafting a wide receiver, but we have to, we still need time to develop him. But yeah, I, I, I think we have to find a, a wide receiver in free agency. I think it's imperative that we find another reliable target for Rogers so that he isn't always having to rely on, on Devonte Adams. 
Uh, don't forget, we did draft three wide receivers the previous year in the middle round, and remember right. the three amigos uh, have not particularly worked out so far. Right. Well, well Equimanius was hurt. Right. Yes. We'll have him back, so that's a potential improvement there. But still, yeah, we're talking about fourth, fifth round wide receiver picks. So let's talk a little bit about this right now, because I, I believe the Packers are working with, at least presently, about $30 million in salary cap space. Now, we can get a little bit of that back if, say, we cut Jimmy Graham. I think we get about $6 million there, too. So maybe 36 maybe up to 40 Let me run through our own free agents. Give me a little thumbs up or thumbs down on whether we're going to spend the money to keep this guy. So let's start out with the obvious one. We'll, we'll do that right away. Um, Brian Balaga. Yes, if we can bring him back for less. Yeah, that's actually the hardest one. Mm-hmm. He you said, a, you said obvious. I don't think it's so obvious. That's the hardest decision. Well, he's the obvious one we have to make a decision on. Looking on Sports Track, they're predicting his market value is about $10 million a year. Yeah, okay. Which I think would be pretty fair. He made 6.7 this year. Yeah. 31 years old. Two year contract for 20 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd do it. I'd do it. I think because we have nothing in the pike that's as good as him. And I think when he went down, you see a definite downturn in, in quality on that side of the line. All right. So possibly there's $10 million out of your 35. Tremont Williams made $5 million last year. $2 million max. I'd bring we'll him back it. for $2 million. Bring him back for his leadership qualities. And I think right. since he's, he's at the end of his career, I think he would be willing to give the uh, good guy discount. One more year he would do. Oh, you guys are hopeful. Mason and insufferable. <laughs> Keep him because he's actually good. Shut up, Al. I write your log. <laughs> Mason Crosby. He's a kicker. Okay, well. I don't know if you've heard of him, Al. I don't know. Who? Yes, keep Crosby. I'm in favor of keeping him. All for how much? Aside. How much? What's he making right now? Five million? Four, Four. five? Four. And he's what, 32? 35. 35. Older mm. than I thought. Yeah, that is older than I thought. I say keep him, but bring somebody into camp to see, and just see if there's anything better. Two year at three million each. You guys are really hopeful. These guys are gonna we're, come we're in such, for a hometown. We're discount. such homers. <laughs> you guys are so well. Old. These guys are old. Blaga's getting old. Crosby's getting old. You know they can't expect to be making more money as they get into the twilight years. Have Salaries go Rogers? down when they get old. Have you met Aaron Rodgers? That's yeah. quarterbacks are a different story. Don't and he has a that. good agent apparently. Don't give me that. <laughs> the average NFL player when they get up in their thirties and they're looking for a contract they don't make the same money they made in their uh high high 20s when they were 28 or 29 that's their peak usually earnings wise okay okay so we're at 16 million right now jared uh veld here what could he be making well he was making 3.5 really that much yeah he was making 3.5 yes um, you are sure of that i'm looking at it really that's a tough one. That puts a kink into things. <laughs> I thought so do you keep him. Half of that. I, I would love to keep him. He's what? Is he 32 now, I think? Or 30? 33. He's 33 already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, one year for $3 million? What do you think? <laughs> it's 33 freaking years old. He was on the street. How do you get $3.5 million if he was on the street? Uh, that's what it says here. 2019 average. I don't. Was that his contract from the Patriots still? I don't know. That just seems obscenely high. Yeah, uh, something isn't right there. 
All I'll right. put him on the maybe pile. Okay. All right. Geronimo Allison. Bye. Poof gone. Okay. Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. 30, you, 36 years old. How much did he make? Two. You're right. kidding me. Yeah, gone. No. Really? Ooh. Nope. I bring him back. He wants to come back badly, play one more year. But nobody else will want him, so do we have to pay that much? I didn't say I'd pay him that much, but I'd make him a one-year offer. I think he would take it or retire, personally. I don't think he'd go to another team at this point. So you think $1.5 million? That sounds about right. For okay. a 108-year-old tight end, really? All right. He played a lot, man. He played a lot, and he was important in the, with the run game. He really was. That is true. Kyler Fackrell. Bye. Yeah, so long. BJ Goodson. Bye. Ibrahim so Campbell. What's he making? Uh, seven, seven hundred. Oh, so like a league minimum ish. Yeah, I mean, if he's, uh, it depends what their overall depth will be. He's a maybe. Bring him into camp, cut him if you'd have to. Yeah, non guaranteed offer. Tyler Irvin. What's he making? Not Same, much. About seven. Bring him back to camp. Let him compete. Yeah, yeah. Because we need a third running back. Because when one of those guys goes down hurt, we are definitely it's noticeable. Well, he's a great change of pace back back there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could see Lafleur really wanting to to have him there for for his versatility back there. All right, I'll get back to the next one on my list, but I'll I'll get a couple other of the cheapies here. Robert Tanyan, eh. Big Bob, nah, hasn't really progressed much. As he's kind of like he's kind of like a beefier version of Jeff Janis. It's like who cares? Beefier Jeff Janis. Totally. Okay. It. It's like the crowd loves him, but it's like, what do you exactly do? Okay. Touchdown Jesus. He's got to be cheap. Bring him back. Now these are not unrestricted. These are uh, what do you call those? Restricted. Restricted. Yeah. Yeah. Kumaro is restricted. Also, I know Lazard yep. is. Yep, Lazard and Kumro, Sullivan, Lancaster, Redmond are all restricted. I say Jake Kumro has earned himself a way to, to again, win himself back in in camp. Uh, you know, Kumro is tough for me because I really thought he was going to have a year, uh, a productive year, and they really did not utilize him other than as a blocker. They really did not. They did not look give him many targets at all. And I just wasn't quite, I didn't get it all year, why they didn't give him more opportunities. So I don't know if, if there's something they see, if if he just have, I mean, my impression was that he's, and I haven't studied the wide receivers specifically, but my Kumaro impression was that maybe he doesn't really get a lot of separation, you know, between him and the defensive backs. And maybe, you know, we all know Rodgers is so skittish about throwing interceptions and he isn't always comfortable in, in that situation total speculation but uh Kumaro's tough for me for that reason i expected much more from him this year so that's a maybe for me okay so taking a guess you know with all our maybes and of course our our salaries that we're projecting that you think they're going to accept i'm going to say <laughs> we've got about 22 million of our 35 million spent after jimmy graham is cut Last guy on the list. Wait, 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 wait. For last. After Jimmy Graham is cut? Yeah. Okay. What yeah, about should've... Martinez? What about that was, that was Fackrell? Well, Fackrell you said no to. Right, okay. Yeah. So you add more so, money back to so the So you pot. add more money in, right. Are you counting that? Well, no. Well, he's an unrestricted free agent, so he doesn't count against the cap yet anyway. UFAs okay. aren't factored into this. You've right, got to right. take that $30 million and you got to spend it on your UFAs. That's the whole point. Oh, okay. 
You said there would be no math. <sighs> so now we'll get to the last one, and this is going to be Blake Martinez. Do you resign him? Before you say yes or no, according to Sport Track, what do you think his Spot market track. value is right now? Spot Track, what do you think his market value is right now? $15 million. Actually, we're really close. Really? I was going to say seven. $16.3 million. Dollars that much. Is his yeah. market got, value right he's now. He's got this one word thing called stats. Mm-hmm. That's why pro football focus rates him so high. You know, he's got the tackle numbers. The fact that the tackle numbers, you know, that the tackles, most of them are, you know, A.J. Hawk type seven, eight yards downfield is not really taken into account with these these type of numbers here. Yeah, exactly. It kind of reminds me of the useless, you know, the kid that picks the dandelions in soccer, their stats of the game ball touch. You know, yeah, they touched the ball a bunch of times, but how impactful was it? So you're not going to sign Blake Martinez for that money, correct? Heck no. No way. Can't. So let's so let's say with some of our other players or a couple or maybe it's Tyler Irvin and Kumro and some of our you know our restricted free agents we bring back the ones we want. So it's about twenty two million out of thirty five million. That means we now have thirteen million left. We've got to have our draft money in there, draft pick money. They get to twenty six. So now we've got about nine million left for all of those free agents we're going to sign off the market. Yeah, but the cap is going up this year, is it not? Did I not read that? And it's going to go up like 10 to 10 million. But you got to remember, it's blind demand. It just raises the prices for everybody. All right. Don't try to offset my comment with that. BS. Okay? <laughs> well, but it's that's true, just, though. That's just BS. It is not. Yes, if everyone's got another $10 million to spend, they're all going to spend $10 million more. Yeah, they're going to spend it. That doesn't That doesn't mean the individuals will get more than that. It just means that they can add somebody else or add another free agent. You know, it's not necessarily the case. All right. So I know what you're getting at. Come on, hit us with the final kicker here, okay? I'm just telling you, you got nine million dollars to spend no, on the free I, And I'm saying you got closer to twenty, but go ahead. We've got an average of twenty plus. We have fifteen million dollars at the very maximum to spend on free agents for our inside linebackers, our defensive linemen, and our wide receiver. You're making up numbers now. I am. <laughs> okay, at least admit it. <laughs> My point is, though, once we sign our own unrestricted free agents, the ones that we want to keep, compared to like a team like the Colts, who have like what seventy million dollars or eighty million dollars of mm-hmm. free cap space, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for us to compete for the free agents that everyone thinks that we want. Well, remember also that we have Russ Ball on our side, the genius of structuring contracts to use utilize cap space. So who gets their, their who's not up for resigning? Who gets their their uh, contracts restructured? Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark. Mm-hmm. So we can probably right, that's free up big one. We can free up some cash there. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers might do it again. He might if he wants another ring. He might. But I, I wouldn't. Said, we could have sent him out to 15 years and uh, just you know spread it out, so he'll be continuing to get paid until he's 60. So it's like a mortgage, right? <laughs> the Bobby exactly. Benia uh, approach. <laughs> he's still getting paid by the Mets. I know. Yeah, he's making a million dollars a year from the Mets. Okay, so we take a, out a home equity loan on Aaron Rodgers and we free up a bunch of cash. We take out an annuity on him. <laughs> a 30-year annuity on That's Aaron Rodgers. That's what it Rogers. sounds like. Okay, so maybe. May, I won't hold my breath, but maybe. Because, you know, Tom Brady was doing that re- as recently as a couple of years ago, too. All right. So, 
What have we learned here? <laughs> Free agency is expensive and stuff. That's what exercise. we learned. <laughs> Things that we already knew, right? Meanwhile, all of our listeners are going. Listeners are going. God, will they stop talking numbers? I'm switching off. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. Well, let's let's liven it up with some tweets of the week. All right. This week's gems from the Packers Twitterverse. <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our final uh, Packer tweets from our Packer peeps. We've each picked a tweet from our local Packers Twitterverse. We're going to read them aloud. And then at the end, we're all going to decide which one wins. We had Kelly Hodgson actually won last week. It was a pity win. Come on, it, let's not fool ourselves. The win's so a this, win. So this one's for, this is a big win. This one's for all the marbles. So no more oh, fake great. voting for Kelly. Can't uh, vote for yourself, Al. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was actually going to include my own tweet. <laughs> That's never been done. Kidding. That's I was never been done. To have the, have the what's, what did you have? Yeah, no, actually, yeah. actually, you're lying, Al. I, I oh, you did it once? I did. Because okay. <laughs> it was so clever, and I was so proud well, of myself. Yeah, I was proud of one this week, too, but <laughs> being at the Tiki Bar and, you know, okay. none of all the beautiful things I was experiencing, and none of it was helping with that game. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, so honorable mention to Jersey Al. Oh, thank you. Now your actual contestant. Go ahead. All right, so... Found one from a Twitter account called Trash Talk NFL. Uh, this most likely was tweeted out during the second half and kind of giving you a little synopsis of what Packer fans were feeling. So starts out with Packers are down by 40 bazillion points. Packers score a second TD. Packers fans are saying, so you're telling me there's a chance? Dumb and dumber. Mm-hmm. Very nice. CD. My tweet elite comes from Kristen Bird, one of my very favorite follows. Uh, you can find her at YMKBird. Her comment was, during the game, mind you, can we just unplug this game so it doesn't save the progress and start over? Hashtag go pack go. Hashtag Madden. Hashtag send LaFleur the cheat codes. Not bad. Okay. All right. I'm going to round this out with one of my favorite tall dudes, the Bob Becker. Well, everybody was complaining about the hashtag Packers winning ugly. They're definitely doing the opposite of that right now. Hope you're happy. Censored expletive. <laughs> so so wouldn't the opposite of winning ugly be losing pretty? Well, Technically. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of inaccurate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I vote Kelly for is, mine again. Kelly is speechless, be, and that right there is. Oh well, look, I, I could have the best tweet ever, and it's like it's like voting in Chicago. It's like anybody but Kelly. The, you know, the election's rigged. We just, we Personally, just gave you a little constructive criticism. It's okay. okay. Uh, I'm voting for Al. Yay! I got All one. right, I, I'm gonna vote for Al. Whoa. <laughs> I am also going to vote for Al. You it's cannot vote for Al. Oh, um, uh, okay. Despite, yeah, I, I'm going to give Kelly another pity another vote. Another pity Sorry. vote. <laughs> I mean, she messed, up, she messed up the tweet completely. She's got no answer for it, so I feel bad for her. But so, it's Bob, you guys. Well, yeah, but, you know. And also, you, you always pull from people you know. You know, the same little group. I want you to... Next year, I want you to expand. I want you to spread out and find people you never heard of and find good tweets from them. 
anyway, but that's my assignment I for you. I did not pick Twigball. No, you didn't, because I made you self-conscious about doing that. But well, you can't pick Packer Ranter then, then, then. I haven't. I did once all year. In fact, he, he even complained about that. I saw <laughs> Did you that. see that? He's like, hold on, wait, what? Wait a minute. What do you mean, only once all year? Deeply apologize to Kristen Bird for involving you on this. You really deserved better than what you got today. <laughs> I don't know Kristen Bird. Who's that? She's an awesome. You got to follow her. YMK Bird. She's fantastic. Yes. So Trash Talk NFL. What a great Twitter handle that is. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You're the winner of this week's Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our final Hot Pockets of the 2019 season. It's been a great season of highs, and obviously some of the lowest of the lows. Our Hot Pockets is our chance for our hosts to each get their own time to sit on their pedestal and give you one last rant. We're going to start out with Jersey Al. As I predicted last week, sorry people. The 49ers handled this Packers team with ease and spoiled the Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl reunion many were hoping for. From my viewpoint, the talent disparity between these two teams is mostly on the line of scrimmage. The 49ers have done very well with drafting impact players on both sides of the line with their annual high draft picks. That will end for them this year, but their foundation has been built. To think you can win in the modern NFL with a quarterback throwing a total of eight passes is almost unfathomable, but it happened. Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst will have his work cut out for him. He will not have the luxury of ultra-high draft picks unless he pulls off a major trade, so he will need to be active again in free agency to bring in some players that can help the Packers win now. There will be money available, despite what CD was trying to prove. Can he have the same success he had last year? There's little choice. He has to. And that is my... Hot Pockets! I hate to keep coming back to this, but man, the entitlement in Green Bay sometimes is just overwhelming. People throwing their... Aaron Rodgers jerseys into the trash and filming it on social media before the game is even over. It's a bad look. You know, I went back and I looked at those Dallas Cowboy losses in the 90s. There's some chilling similarities to what we've seen in the 2010s. One of them, 94, was a blowout that didn't look bad due to some garbage time touchdowns next one, 95, was a complete blowout. And that final one, before we actually got into the Super Bowl in 96, was a heartbreaking loss in the fourth quarter when the game was in hand, and then we lost heartbreakingly. But in those days, we didn't spend all that time trying to figure out who to blame for the losses. And I certainly don't remember any circular firing squads or hashtags. What I remember is us begrudgingly respecting and hating the Cowboys because they were just simply a better team than we were. 
And we all decided that we need to A, get better, and B, play them on our home turf. Nothing has changed from the 90s to the Packers' predicament today. We need to get better, and we need to have the San Francisco 49ers play Lambeau Field in the NFC Championship game. Nothing has changed, except maybe us. And that is my... With the 30th pick of the 2020 NFL Draft, the Packers will have to choose wisely. That's the downside of being a mediocre team that was one step away from the Super Bowl. You end up with the 30th pick. It means we don't have the luxury to draft a well-known college rock star this coming year. And that one pick is going to have to count. In the meantime, it's time to clean a little house. Sure, there are players we want gone that may or may not be back next July. And since we don't have that luxury of picking early Thursday night in the draft, we may have to dig deep, like we said earlier, in free agency. Fortunately, Goody has proved he is good at taking chances, unlike his predecessor. Blake Martinez is a definite go, and we really do need to find a new wide receiver. We seem to always fail in the tight end lottery, but maybe we can get lucky in the offseason and bring somebody in with a little more flash and explosiveness than Jimmy Graham. Now, don't get me wrong. The Packers exceeded my expectations this year. I never dreamed that they would be in the NFC Championship game. But the way they fell flat really hammers home that there's quite a lot of work to be done in the offseason. We need to shore up the defense. And now it sounds like Pettin is here and not going anywhere. I'm really going to be looking to Zedarius Smith for that leadership role now more than ever. Now, we don't suck like the Giants or the Lions, and thank God we're not as bad as the Bears. But we're just missing a few pieces away from being a complete team, like we were in 2010, or we were in 1996. The Packers have come a long way since last year. But I'm back to really being picky again, and I don't want them to be just okay and lucky next year. I want them to be a contender that plays in February. Does that make me entitled? I hope not. It just means I have higher expectations for next year, and that is my... Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Cheesehead Radio at the end of our 10th season. Make sure to head over to PackersTalk.com where you can explore several unique Packers podcasts. Please follow at PackersTalkNet on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Cheesehead Radio and all Packers Talk podcasts are available on iTunes or your favorite podcatching app. You can find us by using Siri, Alexa, or Google just by saying, Play! <laughs> you L. It's late and you give me the giggles! Cheesehead Radio and all Packers podcasts are available on iTunes or your favorite podcatching app. You can also find us by using Siri, Alexa, or Google just by saying play Packers Talk Podcast. Finally, be sure to support our sponsor, Ticket King. You can find them on the web at theticketking.com. That's theticketking.com. Yes, I'm a Packer and a huge Star Wars nerd. What of it, guys? That's a wrap. What? (laughs) Go pick a show. What are you talking about? That was, that, was, that was random. I didn't say it.
Bud Radio. Try to get through it, okay, Kelly? We're, we're going to support you through this, okay? Okay, this is the trust that nobody's going to dick with the script. I'm so naive to think that won't happen. <clears throat>